This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone here and around the world. It's near Christmas time and snow and ice cover many places in the UK tonight where Ian is hunkered down with an extra heater in order to be with us while temperatures there are dropping into the teens. And the same thing is happening in the northern plains of the United States where snow, ice and strong winds are also pushing temperatures down into the teens. That storm will hit Nebraska, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota and northeastern Minnesota. And then it heads for the northeastern U.S. with more snow and ice for a white Christmas holiday before December 25th. And I've got good news to report. We've broken through 225,000 Earth Files subscribers at this Earth Files YouTube channel. So feel a Merry Christmas hug from me through the electrons to every one of you. And if you haven't subscribed, it doesn't cost you anything, but it helps this Earth Files YouTube channel with YouTube. So please click on the red rectangle in the lower right of your screen and click the like button too. And maybe in the new year, maybe even in April 2023, we'll all finally be able to share the one headline that's centuries overdue. We're not alone in this universe. That truth was reinforced four decades ago in 1979 to 1980 at the CBS station in Denver, Colorado, where I was producing the TV documentary, A Strange Harvest, about mysterious, bloodless, trackless animal mutilations linked to UFOs. As director of special projects at KMGH-TV in Denver, I talked to dozens of ranchers and a few who had even seen a beam come out of the night sky down to their pasture. Back in September 1979, in my first research interview about the bloodless animal mutilation mystery with Sheriff Tex Graves in Sterling, Colorado, the sheriff told me, quote, The perpetrators are creatures from outer space. Why do they return the dead, mutilated animals to be found? And some have broken bones like they were dropped from a great height to the ground, close quote. In my book, Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2, High Strangeness, I relate one cowboy's haunting experience in Sand Springs, Oregon, where he was doing night watches to protect his cattle from being mutilated. The cattle were just drawn up to the glowing craft. They floated right up off the ground. He had seen them rise up to the UFO. Later, they were dropped back down and he could hear horrendous cracking sounds as the heavy bodies dropped down through the trees. Beyond Oregon, since October 2022, investigators are puzzled by recent bloodless, trackless, mysterious deaths of 40 cattle in Meeker, Colorado. So far, there is no ordinary predator or disease explanation for the deaths of those cattle. 
But after my 43 years of investigating bloodless, trackless animal mutilations linked to UFOs and non-human entities, I can say from necropsy evidence that bovine hemoglobin has been cooked in the excision tissue of mutilated animals in comparison to normal bovine collagen. That implies high heat was used to cut through the hide where tissues were removed. Often where mutilated animals are found, local residents have seen strange lights in the sky and sometimes a person is reported missing. Current 2022 statistics say that more than 20,000 missing person cases and 14,000 unidentified body cases are currently open, according to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons Database, funded by the U.S. Department of Justice. This week, on December 12th, former police officer David Politis famous for his 411 information podcast, films, and books about missing people, has released an outstanding new 90-minute video, Missing 411, The UFO Connection, which David produced and directed. I urge all of you, after this Earth Files YouTube channel broadcast, to visit the link that's on the screen now to get to David's website store where you can purchase his past work and his excellent and important new video that grabs your mind and doesn't let go, like this excerpt from the trailer. For thousands of years, the human species has looked to the skies in amazement at unidentified objects. We are staring at unconventional possibilities supported by witnesses, video, and most recently, our own government. I have investigated hundreds of cases that push the limits of standard everyday police protocol. The three witnesses saw this object picking up the elk. There was no cable, nothing discernible pulling the elk to the craft. I know what happened to me. It happened in 1974. Next thing I know, I was in this cubicle. In many stories, children are right there, and then the next second they're gone. After reading thousands of reports, I started to document what is called profile points. The number one profile point is lack of scent trail. It was unusual that they had that many tracking dogs. I've never found a track. The more you hear, the stranger the story gets. Why send a SWAT team on a missing person case? When I saw that, that's when I, you know, went down on my knees. They are connected to extra-dimensional beings. Those are real. How do you explain to a grieving family that something paranormal may be tied to the disappearance? David sent me his new film two weeks ago, and when it faded to black, I started clapping to the screen. It is so good. I called him to see if we could do an audio interview for all of you to broadcast right after his December 12th first releases on Vimeo, Amazon, and Blu-ray. And so tonight is the night, and David said, okay. And I now want to share with you some of our discussion after I saw his excellent film. The number one thing I found was 
about 97% of the incidents where the people weren't found, canines brought to the scene couldn't pick up a scent. I cannot ever remember being on a search where we didn't find the people we were searching for. So in these incidents where dogs go out and they can't pick up a scent, sometimes they walk down the trail and they come back and they walk in circles. So that was the number one profile point. Another profile point, soon after the person disappeared, or just about the time the search was starting, there was a weather event that inhibited the searchers. Another profile point that was very unusual is that oftentimes, if the person was found, they were found in an area that was previously searched. Searchers walked out a trail every day into a search zone. they find this body of the victim laying across the trail. And when canines and trackers can't find a set of trail or tracks, and they're working grid patterns, and suddenly a body shows up in an area that had been covered numerous times, that's odd. And missing shoes is another thing. And a lot of times the people are found and they don't have shoes on, and their shoes are never found by searchers. And all of these that include missing clothing, weather, no scent trail, Another huge point, I call it point of separation. Maybe one person starts to feel ill and goes back to the car. Something happens when they're alone. Very rarely does anything ever happen to a pair. It's always alone. All of the facts that we started to pick up along the way led us to where we ended up. And you know, you made a great movie about animal mutilations. The evidence just will take you down this road. Right it will eventually reveal itself to you. And that's the way it happened here. When we started off with an elk disappearing and being witnessed by a a group of workers planting trees, and you see a UFO come over and pull the elk and take it away. And that there was no physical connection seen between the small craft and the elk below it as if there was some sort of control over gravity between the elk and the craft. No. The workers said that when the craft went over the elk, it's as though the elk froze in place, just froze. And then later on in the movie, when we talked to one of the victims, he described that as he lined up on a series of elk, they were frozen and didn't move. Subsequently, when he gets on a ship, he sees the same elk on a ship frozen in time. These connections walked us down this path. Another profile point is that people disappear and are later found in and around water. Right. And it's something that you just can't get away from. I mean, they're found on the edge of a slough or a swamp. Or I wrote a whole book called Missing 411, A Sobering Coincidence, where it was all young men who all disappeared, and they were all later found in a body of water And there was no way to connect where they were last seen and how they got into that water. There's something in this world trying to thwart us from figuring this out. And as I've told many people, this is our third movie. First movie was called Missing 411. The second one's called Missing 411 The Hunted. And in this one, I can guarantee to you, it was 10 times harder than the other two combined. And every obstacle that it could throw at us trying to keep this from being completed. Missing people is like 
one of the Pontalisma points, animal mutilations, all of the things that I've investigated, they are more points. And I think we're all beginning to see the bigger pattern and the implication, we're not alone on this planet. There are many things that are coming and going and that what you have been investigating, what I have been investigating, the common denominator answer to it all are the presence of other intelligences. People have also seen humans as if they were paralyzed on a craft and the animals that he saw it was almost as if it was a demonstration. Yes, we're taking elk. You hunt elk. We hunt elk as well. But instead of that being a human dialogue, it's coming from another intelligence. There's a lot of evidence that shows that those animals have been dropped. Yes. Well, over the years that I've been doing missing persons research, I've made many statements that it makes no sense how these victims sometimes get into locations where it almost appears like they were dropped or they fell into these locations in ways that are unexplainable. Right, like the Carl Higdon case in October 1974, south of Rollins, Wyoming. And in the interview with Carl, he explained that when they got rid of him, they dropped him on a hillside and he rolled down and hurt his shoulder. And that was probably the biggest aha moment for me in that film. What does that say about the intention, the intelligence of what is interacting with this planet, that if the human doesn't match what they need, they just drop them? If the cow doesn't match what they need, they just drop them? It's so peculiar because nothing needs to be dropped. No, and that's something that we've thought about a lot over the years. And if you take in the UFO angle, it shows either a distinct lack of respect and dignity for us, or there's something else we don't understand about why in these certain conditions this drop occurs. Right. How much is being hidden, David, in so many directions? Since you're in this world all the time, what about this movie surprised you? The blatant implication of censorship before even learning information. I think that if we follow the last 50 years and what our government hasn't told us, that the revelations are going to come from people like you and me and some other researchers out there that dig real hard and dig real deep and are willing to challenge themselves because I don't expect our government to do anything. How can governments continue a perpetual lie of an entire planet of 8 billion people. Just follow the path they've been on for the last 50, 60 years. I think they have a complete disrespect and lack of respect for the general public, and they kind of do whatever they want to do. It seems that maybe humanity could be made stronger and come closer together as a species if they knew the truth that we're not alone and that other intelligences use and harvest from our planet, wouldn't that make possibly humans look at each other slightly differently and maybe not want to kill each other? There's always been that theory that, well, what if three or four classic UFOs landed on the front lawn of the White House and then landed in Buckingham Palace and 
landed on some of the world's biggest locations simultaneously, wouldn't that make all of our problems in humanity stop and make us look at ourselves and say, hey, really, what are we doing here? And Who are our friends? Right. Shouldn't we be focusing on something a little more important? Can you now let my Earth Files YouTube channel audience and everyone know exactly how to get your brilliant new film, Missing 411, The UFO Connection. So the easiest way, if you want to watch it online, you can go to Vimeo, you can go to Amazon. Those are the two easiest ways. If you want to buy a DVD or Blu-ray, you can go to our website, and our website store is called NA, like North America, nabigfootsearch.com. Go to the store. Those are the best ways to watch it online, Blu-ray, or DVD. Look who came and jumped up while David uh, and I were talking about his great film. And I uh, wanted to share with you that uh, this morning I got a text from David Politis who said, quote, Missing 411, the UFO connection, went to number one in iTunes documentary yesterday, December 13th. And he just released the film on the 12th. So I am so glad to hear that, and I really do hope that all of you, uh, in whatever way that you want to download it, that you see this really important work uh, by David Pilates. And I also wanted to add that I knew Dr. Leo Sprinkle really well because he worked with me, helped me in so many ways when I was working on the documentary A Strange Harvest. And he was in Laramie, Wyoming at the University of Wyoming. He was director of counseling and testing there. And a lot of people did not know that Dr. Sprinkle was really one of the first who began to recognize that something was happening and being reported by the college students and that he began working with people uh, who fell into the category of encountering some kind of light or a craft, and that he did early important work uh, documenting abductions. So when I started A Strange Harvest, and I was talking with ranchers who saw beams of light coming from something in the sky, and the sheriff said the perpetrators were creatures from outer space, it led me to meet Dr. Sprinkle, uh, to learn about some of the interviews that he had done. And all of this leads to, he and I had a very long, detailed discussion one day about Carl Hignan, which is uh, one of the featured people in uh, David Polite's new film. And in the context of being director of counseling and testing at the University of Wyoming, uh, he did the original hypnosis and interview sessions with Carl Higdon in that 1974 late into 1975 period after Carl went elk hunting south of Rollins, Wyoming at the edge of the Medicine Bow National Forest. And that's where Carl Higdon encountered the strange being with what seemed to be hair-like material just sticking out straight from the head, the right hand where a human would have five fingers in a hand. It was some kind of technology that was cone-shaped. 
And Carl reported uh, to Dr. Sprinkle and others that he saw the being point this strange appendage that had this technology at the end at, at Carl's truck. And both to his astonishment and terror, the truck completely disappeared. The same truck that eventually the being would tell Carl that he, he would be set down close to finding his truck, but he was still two miles away. But it is what happened after he was abducted, apparently, by this being uh, that uh, Carl Higdon called Asso, and that it was uh, one of the pieces that Dr. Sprinkle told me that stood out to him is that Carl Higdon said that he could see the bullet leave his hunting rifle and saw it stop mid-air as if it hit something invisible and then fell to the ground. In fact, Carl found the misshapen bullet and kept it and photographed it. And if you go to my earthfiles.com website and if you type in the search bar, Carl, C-A-R-L, Higdon, H-I-G-D-O-N, you will see immediately it comes up. It is a five-part series that I did long ago with Dr. Sprinkle about the Carl Higdon case, and it has illustrations. It has uh, whole excerpts from the hypnosis in my five-part Earth Files. I urge you all to, to go to Earth Files and go into, and it's uh, in the environment section, so you are freely, you can access everything that's there. It's an amazing case. And it was the fact that Carl, as Dr. Sprinkle explained it to me, Carl was adamant that he could see this bullet, which is not what most normal humans under any situation would be able to do. And that was sort of the beginning of where Dr. Sprinkle was telling me that he was becoming convinced that human minds, eyes, our entire consciousness could be influenced, manipulated by the beings that were involved in the human abductions. And in this case, uh, Dr. Sprinkle and I talked about the possibility of psycho psychology or mental or consciousness manipulating frequencies that were applied by that strange being from the craft at Carl before Carl was abducted, and that that might be why there was a strange shift in consciousness and that he could literally see the bullet, saw exactly where it fell. What did it encounter? Was it something that the being in the craft did to the bullet to keep it from hitting one of the elk? Also, under hypnosis with Dr. Sprinkle, Carl Higdon said about the strange alien being that he called Osso, that when Carl was inside the UFO craft, Osso told Carl he would be taken back because, quote, I wasn't what they wanted or needed, close quote. And then Dr. Sprinkle learned that Carl Higdon had a vasectomy and concluded that was a possible reason for the alien being's rejection because the non-human 
could have been searching for substances such as sperm or eggs to harvest for whatever genetic experimentation or application the alien intelligence was doing on Earth. It is a fascinating case, and I hope all of you will watch David Polite's new documentary and go to earthfiles.com, type in Carl Higdon in that search bar, and read those five fascinating parts that I did with Dr. Sprinkle. And as we are now in the holidays, uh, the end of tumultuous 2022, I want to say to every one of you, may the thought that dwells in the light protect you in this new year. And keep us all coming together on Wednesday evenings on this side of the world and wherever the sun is for you in other parts of the world. My Earth Files YouTube channel is now also available as a podcast. New episodes are released every Thursday after each live broadcast. So when you can't be here live, go to podcast.earthfiles.com or search for Earth Files in your favorite podcast app. And we'll put a link in the show notes for everyone so that hopefully you'll be here live. But if you can't make it live, you can watch the next day. Now, in addition to this being the end of this tumultuous 2022, and hard to believe we're already in Christmas holidays, it will not be long before February 2023 when the wonderful Conscious Life Expo fills up the LAX Hilton Hotel with dozens of great speakers, each bringing a different facet about our evolving human consciousness in what uh, CLE, Conscious Life Expo, always says, in this ever-evolving universe where everything is changing, evolving, transforming. Conscious Life Expo has always been one of my favorite conferences, both for the exciting discussions we speakers have each year with you all who come to the Expo and the fun environment the LAX Hilton provides each year for so many people to come together to share so many experiences that range from, is this universe conscious and holographic? To encounters with UFOs and ETs. And why do Earth power brokers not want humanity to know we're not alone in this amazing universe? I'm going to be doing a couple of panels and two special presentations about military and aerospace whistleblowers and speculation about alleged Mesopotamian gods linked to friendly, neutral, or hostile ETs. And so I hope to see a lot of you live, not electrons, live at the LAX Hilton near the airport in Los Angeles on February 10th through the 12th in this upcoming New Year 2023. And with that, Ian, are you okay? Are you warm uh, being, uh, staying up almost all night in the sub, almost getting to zero temperatures? 
Yes, it's freezing cold out here. It's, uh, I think it was minus 80 degrees centigrade in some places. I'm in wow. the Cotswolds, central United Kingdom, and I actually broadcast to you live on a, um, uh, on a Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, where it's, uh, two, it's actually 3 a.m. here, and I'm in a, a little, what you'd call, well, it's like a what you call a trailer that's converted. So I'm, I'm surrounded by three heaters. Thanks for asking. <laughs> three. Good for you. Well, it's going to be really uh, terrible in the northern plains and then going to the east coast here. So uh, may you be protected. And uh, what questions and comments have you gotten? Well, Linda, we're joined by audiences all over the world, from all over the United States and Canada, United Kingdom, Scotland, Sweden, uh, Australia, yeah. New Zealand, Bahamas, Mexico City, Norway and India are all checking in tonight. Oh, I'm so glad just to know the world is still ticking when sometimes you wonder and uh, that there are so many people in so many countries that are coming to Earth Files YouTube on Wednesdays. Uh, it's thrilling. And let's hope that we just keep expanding and that we'll have a 275,000 celebration. We'll figure out something really special, but with everybody everywhere. And I remember how much fun it was to get videos from a whole bunch of you uh, two years ago, I think it was, when we had you do your videos and questions. And uh, I would love to see people from everywhere. We do a whole series of your questions uh, with Brad having uh, the uh, bell and uh, me keeping my answers down to a minute or two. And we'll cover a lot of land uh, mentally, socially, uh, geographically. And that would be fun to do in this new year. That Let's hope that April, April 2023, it's been uh, commented upon to me that it could be a turning point a turning point in the Earth's frequencies getting more positive, a turning point having to do with an announcement from the Webb telescope that a biological signature, at least a biological signature, has been identified uh, possibly in the fourth planet in the TRAPPIST-1 system is what they're planning to announce. Whatever it is, Let's keep just trying to dig and push forward. And for those of you who have been in the military and intel, who have information that you can share with me, let's try to make January, February, March, April really count, leading up to the 23rd of April. A bunch of us will be in San Diego for the Portal to Ascension conference that weekend. And it may be that Instead of everything not happening out of spite, which I think often is what happens with government and political, oh no, they're now expecting X to happen, so we can't let it happen in April. Maybe this year, maybe things will start to turn around and go forward and we'll finally get that headline. And then we can all celebrate a direction in which we should all be able to move forward with a lot more Q&A, not just here, but around the world, between citizens, governments, and everyone. That's at least my dream for 2023. It could change 
the whole texture of war and make it uh, purposeless. So on that note, dear Ian, with your three heaters keeping you warm and alive, what have you got on your plate there? Yeah, people are checking in, as I said, all, from all around the world. And it's interesting to see the different perspectives people have from different cultures. For example, Tanin Kim says, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that properly, says, I am from Bangladesh. In our country, we are told by our grandparents not to go out in the dark alone, especially at night or when the sun is about to go down. We find missing people a few days after that. And then it ends, and I don't have a follow-up to that. So we'd be interested to hear more from, um, from this source who was from Bangladesh, given that perspective. Well, you know, uh, if it helps everybody listening in all the countries to know two things. I have been trying to understand animal, animal mutilations, human abductions, government knowledge, cover-up, since September of 1979, 43 years ago, and I'm still here. And Carl Higdon, bless him, he was taken by that strange being into a craft. I don't think there's any question about it. I know Dr. Sprinkle was absolutely convinced that the hypnosis session he did with Carl was uh, one in which there was vivid memory on the part of, of Carl Higdon. And that uh, I think Dr. Sprinkle said it was without question. He was telling the truth uh, and that it was coming through subconscious and all of this that Dr. Sprinkle had a PhD studying. And that this whole effort of trying to understand why would extraterrestrial biological entities from other solar systems, other star systems, whether it's 10 light years away, uh, like Epsilon Eridani, or 40 light years like Trappist and beyond into other galaxies. What is the intent? What is the intent? What is the intent with all the missing people? What is the intent with the harvest of so many pieces of tissue and fluids from animals around the world going back at least to the 1960s? What is the relationship? of all these different life forms to Earth. And that it's very clear that part of this whole complex quantalisma, all these millions of dots that make up a, a, a whole picture that we still don't have enough information to see the whole thing clearly, but that each dot, including the missing people, is something that may or may not end up having exactly like what happened to Carl Higdon. They wanted to have his sperm. He had had a vasectomy and they told him that he wasn't what they were looking for and Dr. Sprinkle brought up that issue about, well, maybe it was the vasectomy. Now, instead of getting really upset about the idea that there could be non-humans who are harvesting from our planet, I would rather turn it around and say, let's have the government and all people who 
geneticists and people who know a lot of answers to these questions start educating our whole planet. And it may be that maybe it's a story where in the end, if we knew the whole big picture, we might feel compassion for some. We might understand that the insects in Epsilon Eridani, the trinoloids, are hostile and they are a problem, but that we have allies and friends that we have had for a long time in the Nordics and the Tall Whites, and that it's a very complicated, as I've always said, eight or 16 layered chess game, or a hall of mirrors with a quicksand floor. But maybe you guys, we are finally going to move into the year where some facts start breaking. One of the discouraging things is that you haven't heard anything about the uh, legislation being passed that would make the non-disclosure agreement not so binding to people who are working in the same offices and, and in the Pentagon and all of these places that they can't, can't even talk with each other because of non-disclosure agreements, which means that information is so compartmentalized that maybe only six people have the whole picture of any given facet. And that has to weaken, that has to be a real problem. And that's what Lou Elizondo has said, that it was a problem. And others have said that compartmentalization in the non-disclosure agreement, that is a problem. But why are we, uh, I know Chris Mellon said that he, to me in Barcelona, in the interview I did with him, that he expected possibly that in, by January, of 2023 that finally the bill would pass uh, that would make the non-disclosure agreement not so uh, steel binding on everyone and that at least people working in same departments or floors could maybe talk with each other. It, it seems like right now it would be uh, appropriate for a lot of you in the United States to send letters or uh, computer digital to your Congress people and ask them, are you going to pass the legislation about reducing the uh, penalty on non-disclosure agreements so that people at least working on the same subjects could talk with each other? It seems a sensible uh, direction. If that, for some reason, disappears and it doesn't happen, what does that mean? So I'm urging you all now to be thinking about ways that you might be able to correspond with people in various congressional and Senate districts about what is going to occur. And will 2023 possibly be a year where we'll get more truth and answers about we're not the only life form. It's preposterous. And uh, that 2023 could be a breakthrough year. Let's hope that it is. And with your help, you reaching out to people, and then if you get any insights from someone, let me know. All right, Ian. Okay, Linda, we're getting quite a lot of comments in from people here. Uh, Dr. Coughlin says, by 2029, this planet will be very different. She's a hypnotherapist, and she says that she's been uh, seeing a lot of people coming forwards with their 
uh, stories um, of alien abduction, etc., that she's been helping them with. Can We've you also, uh, can you ask sorry. her if she can respond while we're still on over the next twenty minutes? Can she reply about what she sees to be so different in twenty twenty nine? Yes, that's very intriguing. So please yeah. let us know, Dr. Cofford, what you see is different in 2029. Uh, we've also got Greg Nageli, who says, I saw a sphere the size of a two-story house about 50 yards away and would love to talk to you about it. Yeah. So I'm going to say that we, sh we need to put out our email address, earthfiles at earthfiles.com as well. Yes, think of a reporter who files news about the earth so since 1999, I've had the same email address, earthfiles, one word, E-A-R-T-H, F as in Frank, I-L-E-S as in Sam, earthfiles at earthfiles.com. You can email me directly. I get a lot of email. Uh, Ian does a splendid, splendid work. Uh, trying to keep me apprised of questions and subjects that come up in the comments and the chat that I should know about. But uh, feel free to email me uh, directly. And also hard mail. A lot of people send a lot in hard mail. And there's proton mail. You need a handshake in proton mail in order to have an encrypted dis, uh, discussion. So it's better to always reach me first by earthfiles at earthfiles.com and then ask about how to do the handshake in Proton Mail. Okay, Ian. We don't know why somebody calls us <laughs> during the show. Can you see a number? Maybe it's the fifth floor in the Pentagon. <laughs> I think we lost Ian. Okay, Ian, are you there? We're calling back. Oh, we lost, I think we lost him. Hi, Linda. Yeah, I don't know what happened. There was a ring, and uh, okay. and then we lost you, and okay. Uh, people shouldn't be trying to phone us when we are on no, live broadcast. No, I don't think, I, don't think we, 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 I was getting an incoming call here, but anyway, we're back together. All right. uh, Frosty Mug says, I experienced an abduction by a triangle-shaped craft missing 18 or so hours of time with two other people. It was night in the beginning with the craft 10 feet above our car, day the next moment. What so that's an interesting moment. Yeah, what year? What year? Okay, Frosty Mug, please contact us at earthfiles.com and give us some more details, please. Yeah, let me tell you guys just very briefly why timelines are so important. If you go back to the 1960s when animal mutilations first began to be reported, they were associated with small craft moving rapidly in the skies and doing 90-degree angles, but small. And as you come up through the decades, it has been fascinating to me uh, how the descriptions of craft keep expanding, changing, and the interactions with beings. And if you give me a year, I have so many things that I carry in this timeline. It is, can be more helpful. Uh, so uh, let me know the year. Go ahead, Ian. 
Okay, uh, we've got a, a comment from Space Ghost in Australia, I believe. He says uh, he thinks some of this is uh, to do with my labs. They're looking for people with alien DNA that can operate the ships, looking for the fingerprint to get into the AI, abduct, rinse, repeat, clone the one you find. I have heard variations on that theme. Um, the irony is that the, that the people, not lots, but half a dozen, who have talked with me or communicated with me, who I have not one question that they have actually been serving in either the Space Force or uh, a section of geospatial or Defense Intelligence Agency or National Security Agency or the CIA. And they have very interesting information about what we are doing at any given period in a cycle of sort of, I guess you would say, we're being taught and we're also trying to become independent. And that in both of those efforts on the parts of agencies and government people for real, there is a quality to the information that I think is legitimate. When you come over to the, the MyLab issue, here's the problem. There really is not a lot of hard evidentiary material that is ever presented beyond information that seems to be general about this is what's going on, but no proof. And because the complexities of genetic manipulation on the earth for end goals that are maybe known to some, but are not understood by most of us, that if you don't try to get evidentiary material and find out where the source is actually getting their information, it seems to me that we run the danger of flying off on something that is planted. Um, when I was in television news, there was a saying there uh, about looking for tar babies. And that, that would be when the government or an agency uh, sent out people with stories to see which people in the citizenry would latch on to this story or this story or this political slogan or this political slogan, all of it made up in order to test an area of a town or a state or something. And those tar baby exercises is another gambit. So what I'm trying to do is appeal for legitimate evidentiary information, even if it must remain secret with me, but it helps me to judge all of the other thousands of files of information that I have. I'm beginning to understand a few things a lot more deeply, and that's what I would like to continue to share with you guys. All right, dear Ian, how are you doing in the, in the heat? 
<laughs> in the bleak midwinter here. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to go to the super chats, and people have been very generous tonight. First up is Moonbird, who's obviously back from celebrating his 50th last week in the sensory deprivation tank. Welcome back, Moonbird. <laughs> yeah. Moonbird, you've been there with us right from the very beginning. Thank you. Okay, Jessica Rodriguez, Linda DiLembo, Whisper of Love, Jean Karcher, Joe Tony, Yin Yang Glow, Lighten Will I Am, Christina Ledesma Jimenez, who always tells us to hit the likes. Thanks, Christina. Charles Tomlin, Fabian Far Beyond, Brennan, Diane Schroeder, Sarah Underwood. I'm sorry if I've missed anyone out, but uh, those are the ones I've got tonight. Thank you. Thank you all. Feel the digital hug. Merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays in spite of this tumultuous time on planet Earth. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you for helping to support. Uh, and it all helps. So I love you. And, and we need to make people aware that this is the last live show as well of 2022. That's right. This is the last show of 2022. Uh, Brad and I and Ian and Eric are going to take the two weeks of Christmas and New Year's off. I'll be working, though, <laughs> almost the whole time on several different things, some of which I will bring back to you in the new year in 2023 with hope, with honest hope that that can be a transition year away from tumult and everything so horrible to maybe a spring in the cosmos. At least if everybody here and everybody in every country, if we all start thinking and concentrating, it's a conscious universe. We are conscious beings that we send out frequencies and the universe sends out frequencies. And we try really hard to keep seeing a planet that is in peace everywhere that life forms are luxuriously abundant because all the resources are not killing them, that humans can know joy and happiness and excitement over depression and hate and violence and death. It seems to me so simple and obvious which direction we should all be concentrating on. But maybe if the world would take seriously consciousness of humans and consciousness of the universe, that we might, we might literally get a better year in 2023 than we might not have gotten if we didn't try to imagine a beautiful, bountiful, clean world in which threats in all directions were neutralized. That's my prayer tonight for all of you. Now, Ian, go ahead. Let's try and squeeze in a couple of questions. Sexy Sadie says, question for you, Linda. Do you think the fusion discovery this week could be the result of back engineering alien technology? I truly have had, it's four years ago now, I had information from a source working with a group on fusion. They sent me images of something. 
and they kept saying, we hope in this decade that we are going to be able to demonstrate that fusion will work. We will be able to start breaking news that will end eventually all of the problems of depending upon fossil fuels. And that was four years ago. So when I saw these headlines, I'll be honest, I jumped up and down. I said, oh God, New York Times, everybody, oh, fusion. It's not gonna be tomorrow. There's a lot to go, but the other part of the question is the development that we have been able to do in these four years, starting from what uh, a source told me, is it because we have been working with the tall whites and the Nordics? Are they teaching and trying to help us get out of fossil fuels, which is a really major problem for the planet in many ways? Are they helping us with the technology that ultimately will transform, could transform this planet in terms of energy? I would say it is a possibility a real possibility. But like in so many things, because uh, we humans in the general citizenry are not supposed to know anything, and we have to get information through pieces and uh, what I've been describing, uh, we never know what is, what is fully honest. But my assumption is if the tall whites and the Nordics have been helping us and they are trying to keep us from a whole series of things that could be calamitous, one of the best things they could possibly do would be to get Earth off of fossils into fusion safely and do it as quickly as is viable on this planet. And that's why I jumped up and down and screamed hooray when I read the New York Times uh, the other day. So may we all have reason to, to jump and scream, yay, because we would start having more and more and more positive headlines like that. Okay, Ian. Okay, just a comment before we go to another question. Carl Young, that's Young with a Y, says, a skunk works Lockheed retiree told me all the cell phones catching UFOs was the reason for the disclosure now. All of the cell phones catching UFOs. Well, here's the problem. I've, I probably get maybe 100 videos every month from people everywhere sending me cell phones of something unusual that they're seeing. The problem is that the cell phone videos are, they're either not focused, it's too far away, uh, they're not on a tripod that holds it steady. To the person there, it may very well be a UFO. But the contradiction to UFOs in the skies being videotaped or recorded, being recorded by cell phones, cell phones so far are not capturing things in the detail that we need. Do you understand what I'm trying to get across, Ian? Yeah, I think that um, his point, though, is actually that Lockheed are now pushing for 
the disclosure because a lot of the evidence of UFOs, of real UFOs, is being captured on cell phones, even though, let's say, some of them are blurry and not uh, good definition. And the irony is probably because the aerospace and the five-sided building in Washington, they all know, oh my God, that's that, this, that. But we in the general citizenry, including the people catching something on a cell phone, we don't have any uh, hard data to fill in when something is blurry and may look like a, a particular, whether it's a wedge-shaped, a diamond-shaped, a cylinder, uh, whatever it is, we don't know, we don't have any way to say, here's the proof. But the government has the proof in spades, and maybe that's why they're, maybe that's why they're nervous. <laughs> That's right. Miss Anonymous 617 has been in the chat tonight and she says she's actually streaming orbs live right now, which is interesting. She's got her own channel, which shows that. Catherine Small says, why would they drop animals and people like this? Referring back to David's film. Yes, it's a question that came up in my very first discussion with uh, Sheriff Tex Graves. I had the quote tonight. That's exactly what he said to me. The perpetrators are creatures from outer space. But Linda, we don't understand why do they drop the animals from the air onto the ground and cause broken bones? Why, from 1960s to now, why would anything be dropped physically from one of these craft that demonstrate that they can move point to point, they can disappear, they can reappear, the, they have the beam technology in which things can be picked up from the surface of the earth and then lowered to the surface of the earth. They don't have to drop anything, which is what I said to David Pleides, and he said, yeah. Why the dropping? There's only one answer that I've ever had and talked about it with law enforcement. And we, the law enforcement and I have ended up using the same word with each other, which is why it's become meaningful to me. It is as if the abductees, the abductors, those doing the animal mutilations are flaunting, F-L-A-U-N-T-I-N-G, flaunting their ability. Flaunting implies intimidation, that the non-humans would flaunt their ability or abilities in order to intimidate humans. And if you intimidate a species on a planet, I'm assuming that what they want is to be able to control, scare, which is manipulation by a mental conditioning, and I can't find a positive reason for why that this would be done. There was one case that was in uh, Montana. A sheriff called me. This was about, uh, I was living in Philadelphia at the time, and I moved from Philadelphia in 2004, so it was probably somewhere in 2001, two, three, somewhere in there. And it was the sheriff of the county who called me in Philadelphia, said, we would really like your help. We would like to have you come up with the knowledge. We have your books. We have your documentaries. And uh, I spent four days, I think it was. And the first trip to the field, 
because I had studied so many photos and had talked about this dropping phenomena uh, with uh, Dr. Sprinkle uh, and Dr. Levengood, who worked with us on crop circles. Uh, and the first thing that the sheriff showed me when I got to the field was that there was a small crater to the back of the animal with the legs going out. And we walked around looking at this strange, what is this crater? And I said, it's because this animal has been dropped and it bounced. And this is not the first time I've seen this. And we were able to get gather soil. I did it through uh, calling up uh, Dr. Levengood and saying, give me the, dire the directions of what I should do so that you could do an accurate analysis about the soil that the animal is not lying on versus the soil the animal is lying on. And we did that. And Dr. Levengood did a paper uh, that estimated that that animal, which was, I think, about 1,700 pounds, had been dropped from a height that was at least 200 feet in the air and hit the ground and bounced. And those are the those are the kinds of evidentiary cases where law enforcement is asking me, if I go to veterinarians and pathologists uh, to do a real study, and then you have evidentiary material from physics that says this animal was dropped from 200 feet, hit in one place, left a crater, and where it landed is where the excisions were made. Well, that is part of what we need to do and to understand, but it doesn't ever answer an alien logic about why they would be harvesting from Earth, not just in the 20th century or the 21st, but for millions of years, and they know way more about this planet than we do. And why, why would they drop a 1,700-pound animal? Why would they drop Carl, Carl Higdon? And we need, we need more data points. But if it comes back to flaunting, that's to me, has always made me nervous because something that flaunts is trying to get away with something without us being able to do anything about it. Okay, Ian, one more. Yeah, um, James Jurovic says, uh, Linda, do you think it is peculiar with all that has come to light over very recent years, coupled with Elizondo getting the word out, etc., more than I've seen in my 38 years of research? Thank you very much. You, if I understand, meaning are we now at the crossroads where we all hope the truth is going to be presented to us is where uh, I think I am and others. Lou Elizondo, I think, has done a masterful job in laying out the observables that include making statements that there are objects that have been on radar, that have been in other measurements by our government, that can do 90 degree turns 
at thousands of miles an hour, that can be tracked at 12,000 miles an hour and stop. This is not human ability. Humans are not making these objects. And humans would not be in such an object. And therefore, what Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon and others, I think, have been trying to do is set a, a different frequency, uh, a different landscape that left brain humans would start saying, oh, I see, yes, what are these UFOs? What are these unidentified aerial phenomena that can go from outer space, have been tracked from outer space into our atmosphere and into ocean with never stopping? Humans don't have anything that can do that. So the reduction of those statements down to one clear uh, definitive sentences, we have evidentiary proof of something in Earth's atmosphere around the moon, maybe out to Mars, but definitely in Earth, that is moving and doing technologies that humans cannot make and do not understand and are, are not uh, making machines that do 12,000 miles an hour and stop midair. That is important because it's moving the discussion into technology and science, but it's really not addressing animal mutilations or human abductions and all of these things that are going on the planet that are affecting a lot of people and have been for decades, beyond decades, probably for centuries. But at least to the caller and others, I think it's fair to say, don't you, Ian, that 2022 and 2021 were two years where information, even arguments, even fights coming out of Washington, even people in Congress in the congressional hearing who had never heard of UFOs interacting with Minuteman missiles in the United States until the congressional hearing. And that is astounding to those of us who have known from people who have been at Minuteman missile sites, who were there when a 30 or 50 or 100 foot red glowing craft was right above a missile site. And many, many, many military people that we trust to be honest and straightforward and help us saw these craft. Well, they're not liars. And that's where all this always comes down to. Until we are told the truth about the whole big picture, we're not alone. The universe is teeming with consciousness. There are extraterrestrial biological entities interacting with our planet and our solar system right now. And we need to evolve to understanding who, what, and why. Then the whole question about whose technology has the ability to go 12,000 miles an hour and stop, just stop. Who has that ability and why are they here? And maybe 
The refreshing answer on the other end of that particular technology might be, they're here to help. Nobody has demonstrated an answer on agenda and intention. And that's what all humans really need. So on that note, it's like, okay, everybody go out and have some fun for these two weeks. I'm going to be working hard, but I, I like what I do. And that the questions and comments that where we've left off tonight, maybe we will have more answers start coming in January if uh, the congressional legislation on NDAs passes. And maybe by April, we'll have a whole different tone of discussion with more details, more leaked documents, more of everything beginning to move toward evidentiary. And then maybe, who knows, we will get a film that is distributed to the whole world media, all of us can use it, that shows us up close on the outside, up close on the inside of a craft, and somebody says, and here are the beings that made this craft that come and go on Earth. They come from X star, and this is what they're doing on the Earth. And eventually, we are all going to be able to communicate. Wouldn't that be something if we could finally go from suppression and everything classified, reality is classified, to at least moving toward a planet that would honor truth for everybody. So I'll raise an invisible glass of champagne to all of you, to that spirit that we keep going into 2023, that war ends, that we start getting more and more honest answers about the UFO, UAP, ET, everything. And probably the most exciting of all is the constant news that is coming constantly now about our own universe. These great telescopes and the fact that the universe itself is conscious. So maybe in 2023, we can move and shift all of the frequencies to something more positive, less jagged, less cut up. I pray for that to the thought that dwells in the light. Help us help this planet evolve toward the light, not the dark horribleness of war. I love you guys. Thank you for getting us over 225,000 on this show. And we'll start over again in the first Wednesday in January. Who knows what will have happened by then? Whatever, I always try to bring you something that I feel is sharing with you information step by step by step that gets us closer and closer to understanding more about the world we're on, the universe we're in, and what is in this universe with us. 
Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I love you. listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. 